T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. This hour of which is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Bruce, yesterday we got the first round of cuts, or at least sending players to report to their minor league camps for both the Cubs and the Sox. Yeah, and uh, not too many surprises there. Um you know, a lot of guys that uh, will go down and uh, help both the uh, teams out and help fortify double and triple A. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. Did you see anybody on the list that you felt was a surprise at this point? Not necessarily. Just a couple of guys we've been watching their rehab for the White Sox. Dane Dunning um, going away, so we don't get to you, or you don't get to watch him uh, in quite the same way. There was a Cubs arm. The kid from uh, who had a great second half at Myrtle Beach, Manuel Rodriguez, but he got hurt, so that's why they went ahead and assigned him, I think, because they were interested in seeing his arm for a longer period. Yeah, they were excited about him, Matt. Uh, he's a, he has a big arm, but there's a forearm issue right now that he's uh, dealing with, so um, he'll uh, do his rehabilitation, and uh, maybe down the line here we'll see him during 2020 at Wrigley Field. What would you think of Craig Kimbrell's debut this week? Bruce uh, threw 95, gave up a home run, but uh, I know they, they felt pretty good about velocity in terms of where he is at this point. Well, you know, from what I saw, you know, it's just, uh, again, is he missing, if, is he missing the uh, idea that uh, he doesn't um, – he's not hitting where he wants it to. The home run was off of a a fastball, I believe, that, again, was misplaced. A lot of the home Mm -hmm. runs last year were hit, you know, nine home runs in 20 innings, you know, an alarming number last year. But then again, he struck out two and and said he felt he had a a better command of his breaking ball. So all that said, uh, you need to, uh, you know, look at that and uh, and say uh, this is spring training. It's Mm -hmm. time to work the kinks out. And hopefully – uh, hopefully he'll be ready and be the older version of Kimbrel, not the last year version. I was on a particular bit of a mission during the course of the week down there, Bruce, where every time I had a chance to ask folks of uh, consequence, I'd ask them about Kimbrel, whether he needs to change up his sequencing uh, by throwing more knuckle curves or whether he should consider throwing that change up that he's had as a spring training pitch for 11 years but has not used really in the big leagues. He's thrown four in a regular game in his life in the big leagues. 
and got some interesting answers, I thought, along the way. David Ross um, kind of smiled and said, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice if he did, but the problem with that is once you get beat on your third best pitch, you tend to go away from it. Jed Hoyer, much more direct when we asked him the other day, he said, I'd love to see him mix in the changeup and, th- and throw some, give them something else to think about. I don't, I, I don't know if you can tell a guy to do it if he doesn't want to do it, though. Yeah, you're right about that. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, when you look at, uh, you know, pitchers like this, you, you know, they, they have their own way of going about, you know, the, uh, the spring, and they go about their job in a way that, uh, uh, you know, you look at relief pitchers in, in the past, like Randy Myers, who threw one-third of an inning uh, in uh, 1993 with the Cubs. Everybody thought he was hurt. No one thought he was ready, and then he goes out and he saves 53 games. Hmm. So uh, it's a different breed altogether, Matt. Yeah, it, it's, it's true. I just, uh, I just wonder whether Kimbrell's four-seamer has decayed a little bit. At some point when the stuff goes away, um, it might be time to change up how you do things and become a, a little trickier. It'll be something to watch, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, 670, the score is where you are. If you want to hop in via text, you can at 670-11. Hoping to have a conversation with uh, the assistant GM of the White Sox, Jeremy. Uh, I have just uh, informed, uh, been informed that I double booked the, uh, uh, the 1020 segment. Isn't that good? Oh, that's good. It's very professional. So now we now have Jeremy Haber and Jeremy Jeffress. But for the same, I'm, I'm sure that's going to be an interesting segment. Yeah, um, hot Jeremy on Jeremy action, Bruce. We could do that. Um, uh, er- error veteran reporter <laughs> and producer. It's, uh, it can be the times and, and everything can be tricky out there. No worries. So do you have to make a decision? You've got to make a call on the fly. Which one? Yeah, well, I, well we booked uh, Jeremy Haber first. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have Jeremy Haber on. We'll see if we can move uh, Jeffress to a little later before we get out of here. Understood. Well, you know, I think that is the biggest news. And it's interesting that the White Sox contracts are the biggest news. We actually have a Cub player talking about those White Sox contracts. In the context of yesterday's game, John Lester um, felt, uh, felt okay about his start, I think. First start, not so good. Second start, real good. And yesterday, I think you felt pretty good about it. But I know you had a chance um, to talk to John Lester about that young White Sox core and them uh, signing those preemptive contracts. It's yep. good for uh, the White Sox. It's good for the player. Um, you know, I feel like the deals that they did over there were, were pretty fair and, uh, and good deals for those guys. So, yeah, man, anytime you can, you can make your first fortune, it's always a good thing. Um, it's good for the game. It's good for them. Um, I don't really think there's any negatives behind it. So, and don't really think there's any negatives, says John Lester. And that's the deal with these contracts. I saw some people, a guy texted in earlier, it sounds like Rick Hahn is taking advantage of these guys. No, they're, they're pretty damn happy, most of them, to sign that deal and guarantee themselves the money. Now, in a couple years, they might look back, if they're great, and say, boy, I wish I hadn't done that. But maybe not, because they know that it's, like, it's like you're matching up the timelines for risk for both the player and the manager. The yeah, yeah, you're right, uh, Matt. And uh, again, all these things aren't going to work out perfectly. I think Cub fans and Brewer fans that are listening to our show, and we have a lot of them, uh, they'll say, "Hey, why are you guys getting so giddy about the White Sox? They haven't proved anything yet." Mm-hmm. 
But I, I would like their chances. I would, I would take that young team if I were a, a general manager and say, I think I can win with this. I, I think that we have a chance to be good for a long period of time. Does player development have to continue with Mancata at third, Anderson at short, Jimenez in left field, uh, my, uh, Madrigal at second base, center field Robert unknown if he's going to be laying off breaking pitches. All that has to that has to work out for the White Sox. You know, it's not going to be, you know, a perfect, uh, you know, dynamic where they all become all-star great players in one year. The game is too hard. There's too many good players on other teams, Matt. So, um, you know, this won't be easy. But, again, would you like to go to war with some of these players? I think absolutely. Let's uh, hear just a little bit more from John Lester, who got very specific about that White Sox core that he faced yesterday. But, yeah, I mean, I like where they're at, that lineup today. I don't know if that was all nine of their guys or if, if, that, if there's a few guys fighting close. So it's a good lineup. So that's a really good lineup now. It's just a matter of – I know they signed the – what's his name, the lefty kid that came in there, uh, Bummer. Bummer. Oh, Bummer. Yeah. He, God dang, that's a hell of an arm in the back of your bullpen there. So they're, they're, they're right there now. It's just a matter of playing the 162 and seeing where they're at at the end. That's John Lester admiring the young core and singling out Aaron Bummer. It's pretty, pretty neat that he singled that guy out. I guess he saw him a little bit in some of those Cubs-Sox games last year, Bruce. Yeah, absolutely. And he went further, you know, as we talked about, to talk about the comparisons between, uh, you know, the Cubs and Sox not being able to sign and sign. Uh, but, um, you know, he, he admitted himself that his, the first contract he signed, he signed because, again, uh, unfortunately, he was a cancer survivor. And, and he, he went for the money early on in his career because, you know, reality sunk, sinks in early to people that have illnesses. They don't look at pie in the sky and $100 million contracts down the road when you've already been through a scare for your own life. You take the practical way and look at things in a way that regular people look at millions of dollars as uh, lifetime assurance for him and his family. This, uh, let's take a phone call right here real quick. It's Fred and Batavia on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Fred. Hello. I just uh, just wanted to mention that maybe one of the reasons that the White Sox were able to sign those three players were because of Jose Abreu, because of his uh, presence in the clubhouse and his discussions with them and uh, conversations with them maybe on how it might benefit them. Uh, and was one of the good reasons the Sox kept Jose Bray instead of trading him like Bruce wanted to. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I and I was just going to say I was the one that felt that uh, Abreu was going to be uh, someone that they could do without. I, I liked all the other young players that were coming along. I thought that it was an overstatement to say that Abreu was the uh, the, the linchpin between uh, the young Latin American players and the White Sox winning. I still don't believe that to necessarily be true, but I think he's a major asset. I think that the White Sox felt the same way the caller did, that uh, that he is the linchpin for those young guys, and he is the uh, obviously the right guy to follow mm-hmm. in footsteps. And I don't disagree with that at all. I just thought that at age 32, uh, the money could be spent elsewhere as well for a younger player and allow – uh, Vaughn to be able to be free to get into that position next year. In my morning at White Sox camp on Tuesday, Bruce, just going into that clubhouse, which you've been in many times this spring, uh, the vibrance, the excitement of all the players was palpable. Just about everybody was there, which is rare on occasion. But 
near Abreu's locker was also Moncada and Robert, and then some of the uh, some of the other players. I saw Yerman Mercedes going over mm-hmm. towards that area, even right. though his locker is in a different spot. But he was going over there to hang out and shoot the bleep with those guys. Uh, Eloy walking over there. I mean, Abreu is a magnetic guy in that team full of young Latin guys. And we heard Yasmani Grandal say. Uh, you know, we can all follow Abreu to the promised land. He's the unquestioned leader, at least, of that faction of the team. All right. Well, just fast forward to next spring when they're trying to find a spot for Vaughn, and that was my yep. that was my look at the uh, team. Totally that, understand. Uh, that you didn't have to lock him up for three years. But, again, did he deserve that money? Absolutely. Maybe mm-hmm. more years. Did he? Uh, does he help with all those other guys there, and is he a great example of a person and a player to follow? Without question, I just think it's an overstatement that uh, when you have a coaching staff, when you have a manager, when you have a front office, that uh, the, the one player is the linchpin for all of those players. There's, an, there's another 20 players that aren't over it at, at his locker on a daily basis. Let's take a break on Inside the Clubhouse. Jeremy Haber, White Sox assistant GM, slated to join us next. It's Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel here in Chicago. Our man Bruce Levine is out there in Arizona. And our next guest joins us right now on the Alpamani Ford Hotline. Alpamani Ford in Melrose Park. Jeremy Haber, who is indeed the assistant general manager of the Chicago White Sox and will soon, in the next couple of years, be a general manager somewhere else. <laughs> they will lose Jeremy well, Haber. Well then. And because and one of the major reasons for this is not his two degrees from Harvard, uh, one in law and one in business, but the the reality that he has been the lead negotiator for almost every one of these contracts for these young guys. And Rick Hahn is very uh, graciously giving Jeremy all of that credit as well. And he learned from the very best, didn't you, Jeremy? Uh, absolutely. Bruce, it's great to be with you guys. Uh, it's an exciting time uh, for all of us here in spring training. Uh, really excited for Yohan and his family as well. And you get what percentage of this deal? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to kick back. i got to kick back some of it to you with that introduction. So I don't know, I don't know how much I have left. Well, I mean, uh, you know – you know, we we go through this with the phone callers, Matt and I, about uh, the White Sox have proved nothing yet. But uh, then then I always throw out the well, would you want these players if you were any of the other twenty nine general managers? And 
consensus is yes. So I imagine you feel the same way. You're thrilled to have these guys tied up, but there's a lot of work to be done. No, no doubt. And I think Rick has said from, from the outset of this, this rebuild that we have to have one eye on the present, one eye on the future. And, and that doesn't change as, as, as the present gets a little rosier. We, we still need to think about, you know, what does the team look like four, five, six years down the road? Um, hey, uh, Jeremy, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's uh, have our producer, Zach, call you right back so we can clean up your line a little bit and we can uh, have another seven or eight minutes of good discussion. Yeah, um, Zach will pick him up and see if he can move around a little bit or try to reestablish, and we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, and, and you know, again, uh, Jeremy uh, is shy to take any credit, but uh, there are a lot of smart people in the game of baseball that people don't really know about. I mean, they see the front men and, you know, the Epsteins and the Hoyers, and you see uh, Kenny and you see Rick certainly done great jobs and have had great careers but uh people like jeremy behind the scenes mm-hmm. leading this uh through uh his experience working with uh rick and kenny and now an integral part of the chicago white Sox hierarchy let's re-establish with jeremy haber jeremy you were talking about one eye on the present and one eye on the future sorry about that guys. yeah no it, it, it's something we we have to do throughout the, the competitive cycle and, and we absolutely believe that we haven't seen the best of Yohan Moncada. Uh, and even when you're you know, sitting in the, the hotel room in, in, in Washington, D.C., making the decision to trade yourself for a, a, a talented but unproven guy, there's a moment of trepidation. And, and there's, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's similar thoughts yeah. here when you're, when you're committing for so long. We're going to have to try one more time uh, if we can get you into another cell zone or get you to hard line to call us back because it's it's just not panning out right now. But one more shot at this, uh, Zach <laughs> and Jeremy, with your patience. We'll do it one more time, uh, absolutely. Because uh, if I'm if I'm a listener, uh, Matt, and uh, and I want to hear what Jeremy has to say, it's just not it's not fair. It's not fair radio for either side. No, I understand. In our uh, in, in today's episode of Pick a Jeremy, we may, <laughs> we may have we may have picked one with a problematic phone, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll try and figure it out. You know, Arizona, there's all kinds of different uh, cell zone areas. A lot of them are not good. You know, mountain ranges and things like that. But uh, seriously, you know, a, as we wait for Jeremy to try to reestablish one more time here, um, uh, the mm-hmm. be- behind the scenes people are so integral in getting these things done. Hey, Bruce, have you ever um, gotten any good intel on if Moncada was the guy they wanted or not? I remember hearing that Andrew Benintendi was the target. Then I remember hearing that Rafael Devers was the target. At the time, the Red Sox had a few guys that were very, very attractive in that way. Well, hopefully uh, Jeremy Haber will be able to fill us in when we get him back on here. That sounds like a tease uh, right there. And uh, as we are attempting to reestablish here, let's uh, try one more time with Jeremy Haber. Jeremy, thanks, thanks for the efforts. Appreciate it. Sure thing. Oh, tribulations, the lover. Um, Jeremy, I, I, I was asking if at the time, Yoan Moncada, I remember Andrew Benintendi was there. Rafael Devers was there. Can you tell us now, now that Moncada's locked and loaded and you nailed it on the trade, was there, was there interest in Benintendi or Devers before there was interest in Moncada? Uh, Yoan was a top target, uh, not just as an amateur coming out of Cuba, but throughout his time with with uh, the, the Red Sox. You know, there's very few guys uh, that can lead a Chris Sale type trade, 
and he was he was one that we targeted from the beginning as as being a guy who could carry it. When you look at uh, your situation now, uh, now that I've said all those nice things about you, um, <laughs> Lucas Giolito is out there, Dylan Cease down the line. Um, is it fair to say that uh, you guys have practically put this together with a plan that allows for room for more contracts like the ones you've already signed with the rest of your young players and pitchers when you feel it's the right time? Sure. I know you wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't ask about others. I would say that we're here to talk about the ones that we can get done and we do get done. Um, I would also say that that economics, you know, our our firepower, our, our, our payroll space, won't be the reason that, that another one doesn't get that. Hey, hey, Jeremy, why do you think you guys are so successful at this um, in, in, a, in a time when a lot of teams make efforts and, and they cannot get there? Is there a snowball effect, as Bruce referenced earlier in the show, of Juan Moncada looking around saying, well, Eloy's got a deal and Luis has a deal and Tim Anderson has a deal. I think I'll have one, too. Like these guys kind of feeling a, a togetherness. We might as well all stay here and sign together. You know, I sure hope so. Uh, you know, I think you're, you're you're seeing the residue of a winning culture, and the the credit there goes goes to a, a large group led by Ricky in the clubhouse, and uh, Kenny and Rick in the front office, and you know, a lot of credit goes to a guy like Tim Anderson, who's the the, the first one in the the, the current group uh, to say, you know what, I want to be here. I'll, I'll delay free agency. This is where I want to be. Uh, to have a guy like Jose Abreu say. Before his walk year, there's no chance I'm playing somewhere else. Uh, that contributes to that. Uh, so I absolutely think that this is a group that has decided this is where they want to play together. Jeremy, uh, Matt and I were talking about the predictability of your your uh, payroll in 2021, 22, 23, 24, 25, having that flexibility. As Rick said yesterday when I asked him about a swing and a miss, you have to also put in there the fact that not everybody's going to be an all-star, that maybe somebody will not live up to the expectations. I think that's realistic, knowing the game of baseball. But uh, how much time do you guys put in metrically and scouting-wise to look at these guys projecting the real dollars of what you think they're worth their first time through free agency, and then coming up with a figure like you have that's practical and predictable so you can continue to operate in what I call a mid-market club like the Chicago White Sox. No, I think building depth and having the ability to to be strong through the 26-man roster uh, with with our payroll, which is is something that we're always looking at. Uh, I think we we try to be humble in our ability to project too far out down the road. Uh, both player performance and payroll, but uh, we've, we've, we've built this in a way where we've had the, the resources available to go out and get a guy like Dallas Keiko or Yasmani Grandal to, to augment the, the, the young talent that's coming. Hey, Jeremy, I wonder if, if you guys are, 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 are out in front of what is going to end up being a big change across the game as young players are valued more. As, as free agency, the big money free agency that often comes at age 28, 29, 30 is volatile 
is dangerous and maybe teams will will fear some of those contracts i mean unless you're the yankees with unlimited funds but I, 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 you think you think there's a restructure coming at some point or maybe we're in the middle of it across the league in terms of how to value players you know i'm not sure uh, i'm not sure how much of this is is a macro trend i think um, more and more you see the what has always been true which is really good players continue to get paid a lot, um, and that could be in the, the context of an extension. That could be in the context of a free agent deal. Um, for for every good reason, teams want guys who can impact uh, on the field in lots of different ways, um, and and those guys are those guys are getting paid accordingly. When you uh, look at Vaughn, your uh, first baseman uh, just signed a year ago, and you look at his progress. How uh, giddy do you guys uh, get watching him here and, and, and showing that power bat that uh, will probably translate into the major leagues within the next couple of years? No doubt. I think, I think the whole organization is getting, getting a sense of we've made uh, Adam Burchess and our whole amateur uh, staff who, who, who've been on him for years at, at Cal. Uh, he's he's fun to watch. He's uh, a talented hitter. He's got a, a, a clear approach at the plate in terms of what he wants to do and how a, a, a pitcher is going to attack him. And he's just getting started. Uh, but the the way in which that he stepped in both last year uh, and here in spring training, you know, speaks to his his high level of maturity and, and, and his makeup. It, the game results uh, have not been great for Nick Madrigal this spring, but I wonder what you think of the spring and uh, if if any of the struggles have uh, caught you by surprise or not. No. Look, first and foremost, spring training is about getting your work in and, and leaving healthy. Uh, that's, the, that, that, that's what we're here for. This is, this is a warm-up round, and you know, Nick, Nick has uh, exceeded expectations in terms of the pace that, that we were able to – progress him uh, last year, uh, and he earned every bit of that. Um, and, and he's, he's uh, continued to show all the uh, attributes that, that we thought we were getting uh, when we picked him. Jeremy, uh, before we let you go, and again, Matt and I really appreciate your time that's spent here, especially the three different phone calls that we've made to you now. Uh, <laughs> as far as um, your place at the table with Kenny Williams with Rick Hahn. Uh, what 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 is that evolution like for a young executive to be uh, progressing along with them already two established guys that won a World Series 15 years ago? And the the idea that you might voice something now after being involved for this many years that you wouldn't initially. Sure. No, I'm 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 incredibly lucky to to, to get the opportunity not just to work with. Kenny and Rick, but Jerry Reinsdorf was the most successful sports owners in history. Um, we've got a we've got a great group here. Uh, there there are so many people who work in the front office and the scouting staff and on field. Uh, and and I think from the beginning, um, Kenny and Rick create an environment in which uh, a young guy can speak up. Uh, you don't have to wait six or seven years to to, to speak your mind. Uh, I think you know. That that goes for Ricky in the coaches room and, and Chris Getz and PD. Uh, that's something that we try to uh, instill throughout the organization. Well, we appreciated it very much, Jeremy. And when uh, if if you'll do me a favor, 
uh, since I've already put out there that you're going to be a general manager soon. If you can call <laughs> me right before you sign Giolito and give me the scoop, I would appreciate it. No, no problem, bro. Wow. Okay. Wow, negotiating for scoops well, on the I air. Have to, I do it in public. <laughs> it's a, mean, it's a know, new level. I, a new I, level. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on uh, all the fine work that you and, and Rick and Kenny have done, and keep up the good work. We'll see you during the season, okay? Take care, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's Jeremy Haber, the assistant GM of the Chicago White Sox. I don't pull any punches. No, that, that was amazing. The bottom of the hour was brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Coach Fitz and Northwestern Football return to Wrigley Field on November 7th as they host Wisconsin. Guarantee a ticket to this matchup with the purchase of season tickets. Buy now at nusports.com. Got some open phone lines the rest of the way. 312-644-6767. You can text us at 67011 uh, as Bruce and I will continue to give you the best from spring training news and nuggets regarding the Cubs and the White Sox. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Bruce Levine's out there in Arizona. I'm at Spiegel. I'm here with you in Chicago. What's the schedule today, Bruce, for camp-to-camp travel, as well, there often to, is? Camp-to-camp travel right now is going to be a little difficult if I'm going to get to uh, the White Sox, who play uh, in Scottsdale against the Giants, the Cubs, who... Uh, play today uh, in a good year, and the Cubs today who play in Las Vegas. Yeah, split squad Cubs means you got to get to three games. Yeah, if I'm going to see Alec Mills pitch in Vegas and the other two here, I, I think I'm going to need some assistance along the way. I just I have no. a feeling I'm not going to make it. But nonetheless, uh, I'm hoping to see, um, I'm hoping to see uh, Dallas Keuchel pitch uh, in Scottsdale today. I'm going to... Uh, Skip uh, Hendricks in uh, Goodyear just because uh, he is seems to be well on his way toward the regular season. With Keuchel, it's only his second start of the spring, so I'm going that away. Uh, interesting. Um, those Cubs two games, one of them is on the Marquee Sports Network, the one in Vegas, Cubs and Reds. The other one is right here on 670 The Score, Cubs and Indians, uh, coming up today at about 155, and that is... Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer back together. They were together for, uh, I believe, the first time of the spring yesterday. Yeah, I like the guy that uh, replaced Pat, though, uh, that one game. What was his name, Spiegel? Yeah, something like that. Um, that that was fun. It was difficult, though, Bruce. It was difficult when the Trent Jambronis and Donnie DeWeezes of the world entered the game. I was in the weeds. Uh, when you went back and listened, how, how difficult a listen might that be, hearing yourself do something like that for the first time? Yeah, a bit painful, uh, a bit painful for sure, but try not to judge myself too harshly. You know what? I was, uh, I was happy with the comfort level of the thing. Like, it just it sounded like, sounded like a broadcast uh, that I wouldn't flip off because I was annoyed, if that makes any sense. Right. Well, like you said, not the <laughs> easiest thing to do a uh, – a two-and-a-half to three-hour game for the first time. Follow the baseball. That's your number one job. Yeah. No, number one. If you lose track of that, you're done for. Uh-huh. I mean, meanwhile, you're, you're also leading the conversation uh, with, uh, with a great uh, color guy like Ron Coomer as well. So uh, having Coombs in there, I'm sure, was uh, a big part of your success that day. Absolutely a blast. Um, Bruce, I, I found it interesting how some of these managers talked about the three batter rule um, and, and some of the 
and some of the strategy that may happen and some of the strategy that may go away is really interesting. Um, Jason Stark wrote about it a bit on The Athletic. I know you've, as you've talked to David Ross and talked to Ricky Renteria and others, this is one that um, a lot of managers really don't like. Terry Francona, who'll be there at Goodyear today, really doesn't like this. Joe Madden, not oh, a fan. Madden hates it. He yeah. hates it, right? Well, I mean, you're, as a manager, you're going to have to sit and watch a game uh, go one way or another without your best opinion being involved. So they basically take the manager out of that, you know, forget about fifth or sixth inning. They, they take the manager out of the eighth and ninth inning as far as being able to match up from hitter to hitter. To me, Matt, and you've been watching baseball your whole life too, it does not make any sense to me. Well, you've got the intentional walk that's going to be back in play. Well, you, you know, you're putting big, more guys on. Right, in a big, big way. And how about the unintentional walk? What, what, is, what is the commissioner going to do when the scenario like this happens um, that – you know, let's say John Lester is going up against a lefty. It's in the seventh inning, and he's throwing to that lefty, and he gets behind 3-0. and If you're David Ross, go ahead and bring in your right-handed reliever. Have him throw an unintentional, intentional walk. Throw a ball, and that counts as a batter faced, and then there's two righties I, I after that. I don't know if it counts as a batter faced. It does, or if it's unintentional. If it's unintentional. Yeah, yeah. well, here's, here's the little weirdness in the rules, that Lester gets a, official credit for the walk, but the right. reliever gets, gets credit, credit for the batter for, faced. For the batter, okay. You, you, still have to, you still have to face the minimum three batters, yep. right? Yep, So uh, there are, I mean, those are interesting odds that you put in there, but it's not the game of baseball. I mean, you're 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 putting guys on base that you don't want to put on base. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're lowering your odds of getting out of that inning because you're putting more people on base to face the hitter that you want this pitcher to face. There's nothing about uh, baseball sense that tells you this is the proper thing to do to put your manager in a situation where he's got to put his put his thumb, you know, where where else, and just wear it for whatever that pitcher can do, knowing in his heart of hearts that he only wanted him to face one batter or mm-hmm. two batters. On top of that, take the subjectivity uh, of that particular game where the guy just doesn't look good, right? Right. I mean, not he's not hurt, okay? He's not trying to bail because he doesn't feel good, but he's just missing with his pitches. He's not the pitcher that you want uh, after that first batter. You're still stuck with the guy. Yeah, uh, it, and it's – it's the death of a couple things, like when the starting pitcher says, I can give you one hitter, or I can give you two hitters, or something like that. Th- that guy's gone. How about the Madden game that we all loved so much when it was Travis Wood and another guy toggling back and forth between left field and the pitcher's mound? We've seen that kind of thing. That's dead, because there is no, all right, go out there for one hitter and then come back. That doesn't exist, because the reliever has to go three. Matt, let's take it all the way back to why this rule was put in place. To, Why was it put in place? To to keep to keep the late innings moving faster as opposed to four or five pitching changes in every late inning. So there was really never a baseball issue about it. No. It nothing it has nothing to do with baseball. No, it's uh, it's in there to try and get the product moving right. faster. I understand. And everybody is for that, but it's contrived. It has nothing to do with baseball sense. It's all about Beating the clock, getting people out of there in 245 instead mm-hmm. of three hours. We don't know if it's going to work. I mean, regardless, 
I understand Major League Baseball when they try these things, but when it when it goes against practical baseball sense, I'm not for it. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. There there do need to be some rules uh, put in there to speed things up, but I I get it that this one for people is just. It's shattering, um, you know, strategy and messing with with managers so much. Did you hear what Len Casper had suggested? I did not. At one point this week, Bruce, which was that to have a line, literally a line in the dirt to the right of first base or to the, yeah, to the left of first base as you're looking from the plate, where if a base runner doesn't go beyond that line, then you can't throw to first. So, like, don't bother to throw over to first when a guy is not even really going to steal, when he's not taking a lead of consequence. Some way to eliminate the constant throws over and back and forth when it's really just sometimes a pitcher trying to screw with the timing of a hitter or, like, pausing because he wants to change the signs or whatever, those kind of things. thought that was to to eliminate some of the the useless moments in the game. I guess. You know, (laughs) I mean, I guess that would be okay. But, again, you have to... You know, you got to pick up the line first before you pick up the hitter or the runner. Right. So you're you're looking at both. You're trying to look at both at the same time. Oh yeah, I can throw. Oh no, I can't. Oh yes, I can. By that time, you've already balked. Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, I, I think it's a good suggestion from Len. But again, uh, you know, the the whole idea of messing with baseball instincts and things that have been done for 140 years and it's been a flavor of the game. Yeah, they should all be looked at. But don't make these major changes just because somebody wants to get home five minutes earlier. Yeah. I just I can't live with that. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, and there's different things between, obviously, length of game and, and pace of play. thought Theo Epstein had, had an interesting take in conversation um, with, with Bernsey McKnight this week because baseball might be taking away some technology, taking away the video that's near the dugouts. Um, and I and I think that's the right thing to do in the wake of the science stealing sca- uh, scandal because it's been proven that teams will take advantage of it. So taking away technology at first might be the right thing, but long term, bring adding the technology of being able to communicate to the catcher and the pitcher from the dugout either verbally or some other way, and to eliminate the visual signs. You don't have to waste time with three different, five different, 15 different sets of visual signs. Get rid of it. So you've, you, that will speed things up and eliminate the need sometimes for conferences on the mound and, and things like that. They do it in football, don't they? Correct. I mean, the assistant coaches are up there looking at defenses, offenses, checking in with the, uh, with the uh, people on the, on the field, including the head coach. It's it's the same format, isn't it, of using technology mm-hmm. to to uh, to win the next play, to win that game. Uh, I think Theo's right. You know, if you have great technology, why don't you open it up to everybody? If everybody has the same ability to use all the technology, then nobody will talk about cheating, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's available to the visiting uh, uh, dugout as it is to the the home dugout. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I think it's an interesting time in the game, and I like that some of the smartest folks in the game are not afraid to consider um, these kind of things because, you know, sometimes the game needs to be changed to promote more action, to make things um, better or, or faster. I, I think it's, it's okay to think about some things like that. Uh, I mean, can you imagine? I, I, I don't know, it, and, and 
honest question. Do you remember much pushback when they were talking about lowering the mound in 1968 after Bob Gibson had the 1.12 ERA? Yeah, uh, the pitchers were pushing back. Yeah, because uh, you know they they were they were it was going to be an extreme more advantage for the hitters. So pitchers like Gibson, like Koufax, like all those guys that uh, you know Koufax was already out of the game, but you know yep. Gibson and some of the Guys like McLean, they all they all fought it because uh, they had this extreme advantage. But th- it had been there, you know, for the first hundred years of baseball. So that was a big change, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. We, we've survived without it. We've had dominant pitching since then. Yes, uh, other moves can be made. But uh, what I, what I like best about, um, you know, possibly making changes in the game is it, it, you're not going to change the commercial load. Okay, it's not going to be less. That's where all the revenue comes in for people, and you're not going to change it. But have all the commercials uh, in in real time with the broadcast. Yeah, interstitial like that. Have it like side by side with yeah, the broadcast. Just do it. And not only that, your advertisers are going to pay more money because people aren't going to be switching off. There's going to be other things going on while your commercial is on the air for 30 seconds. Yeah, sports is moving towards that. You see the NFL has at least two or three spots every game where they do not break away, and it's just a quick 30-second uh, out. Do it for three minutes, but, mm-hmm. but you're not losing anything as far as the broadcast. The continuity of the game, you're not getting people switching off. You're not going to have them leaving uh, whatever screen they're watching or whatever device they're watching mm-hmm. because you still have – uh, the announcers with you, the information happening within the uh, framework of the two to three uh, three minute uh, half inning, and uh, it's just going to be a different dynamic. So, you know, continue on, do that full time. You're going to save yourself an awful lot of time, I think. Six seventy. The score is where you are. This has been inside the clubhouse. Um, uh, been a pleasure, Bruce. This week, uh, the, the news that you'll be chasing down, we'll see, right? We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens as, Just, as uh, the continuing. Uh, you know, with Giolito making his second start next week mm-hmm. uh, after a first inning, uh, the pitcher is being ready or not. Is Darvish going to be the opening day pitcher for the Cubs? We think so. All of that. Uh, some intriguing stuff about that and uh, the health of the teams moving forward. Mad people can follow me on Twitter at MLB. Bruce Levine, I write every day on the, the score website, 670score.com. White Sox and Cubs. Have yourself a great week. Thanks to Zach Withers, our great producer. Thanks to Jeremy Haber of the White Sox Assistant General Manager for joining us as well. Thank you, Bruce. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. All right. It's Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine. Uh, I am Matt Spiegel. I'll continue along with Steve Rosenblum. Next on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.